a difference. Well, good morning. My name is Carlos. I'm the lead pastor here at Real Church. I'm so thankful that you're here. Uh, man, this whole month of October, we've been in a series called Squad Goals, um, and we've been talking, man, we want to be the kind of church that doesn't just impress people, okay? There's plenty of churches that do that. I want to be a church that impacts people. I want to be a church that impacts uh, people at our workplace, our family members, our businesses. I want to be a church that impacts our community. And so that's what this whole series is about because I think we could actually make a difference if we actually cared. I think we could actually make a difference if we took the time to love people the way that we're called to love people. And so uh, that's what we've been uh, discussing this week. I'm excited to wrap this up this, uh, this morning. Before I do though, man, how many of you were in the kids wing this morning? Man, how, how good does it look over there? I'm, uh, I'm pumped. I don't know about you, but I'm pumped about that. I'm pumped that our kids are back there. They're in their classrooms. They're, they're getting discipled. Um, they're having fun. Uh, all those great things. And so uh, I, I know that today we have a volunteer meeting right after service. So if you volunteer in any capacity, we have lunch coming. Uh, so if you could be here, if you want to be a part, because we're a growing church. If you see, these are all the chairs that we have. We need to buy more chairs and, and we're going to put them on the outside. Uh, but I had a... Uh, as I say all that, you know, we got doors this week. Um, when I look at the foyer paint, if you painted that week, don't get offended. But it drives me crazy that there's different paint on the wall. Like, there's just things around this building. The dust on the floor. There's things that drive me crazy. Um, but I had lunch with a guy early on this week, and he really encouraged me. He said, uh, he, he calls me Los. He says, Los, uh, man, quit worrying about that stuff. He goes, people aren't coming for our building. People are coming because the presence of God is in this place. People are coming because we're a real church. People are coming because it's making a difference in their lives. And I was like, yeah, I know, but man, we, we need new speakers because it's super echoey in here and, and we need to fix it. And he's like, man, that, that's not stronger than the presence of God. And so this morning, I just want to say thank you for being here despite the flaws that we have in our church. Believe me, if there's a person that knows what they are, it's this guy right here. I live here 24. My, my daughter the other night, for some reason, maybe the Lord was trying to speak to me through my daughter. She goes, are you spending the night here at the church, Dad? <laughs> That's how much I'm here. And, and so, uh, man, everything's coming together, though, man. And it, it's, it's I'm, I'm so thankful that God is working in our church. Um, and, and most importantly, though, I'm thankful that the presence of God is here. Amen. Because when the presence of God, when you and I encounter the presence of God, we can't stay the same. It's impossible. His presence changes you. It changes the way you act. It changes the way you speak. It changes the way you live. It changes the way you deal with your money. It changes the way that you speak to your children. It changes the way you walk into your workplace. It changes everything. And so I'm excited that the presence of God is here at Real Church. And so, uh, man, this morning, they haven't even started my timer. I am going to take my time today. Uh, so I hope you're ready to eat. Is anybody ready to eat this morning? Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. If you don't uh, have your Bible, it'll be up on the screen. Uh, man, I do encourage you, though, take out your phone, take out a notepad, take out, uh, because I, th I think when we learn to navigate our Bible, learn to read our Bible, man, we learn to love our Bible. And we are people of the word here at Real Church. And so uh, let's read this together. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogue and proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming the gospel. The gospel is good news. What's the good news? That though you and I were separated by sin forever because of Adam and Eve, 
there's a way back to God. That's, and that's made possible through Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. That's the good news. That's the gospel. And Jesus was proclaiming this of all, to the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Powerful scripture, powerful parable, powerful uh, part of scripture that we're just going to look at today. And, and we're going to look at Jesus. We're going to look at the disciples. We're going to look at what he's talking about. And, and so this morning uh, I titled, uh, I think we live in a world where people like to run their mouth. You might be one of those people that like to run your mouth, right? How many of you are married to somebody that likes to run their mouth? Just elbow them. Don't raise your hand. Uh, good answer. He, he's shaking his head like, no, no. Uh, and, and so uh, I think in our culture, in the world that we live in, uh, people like to run their mouth except Christians when it's time to run our mouth. And so today we're going to talk about run your mouth. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for being here with us, God. I thank you that our children are being discipled. I thank you for every servant leader that's back there pouring in to our children, that's pouring into my children, Father. I pray that uh, they would be built up and rooted as Colossians 2 says, Father. And Father, I just pray that this morning as I take my time opening your word, dissecting your word, and proclaiming your word, that you would fill me with boldness, that you would fill me with your spirit, that you would help me speak with clarity. But Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would do the work in the hearts this morning, Father. And as we open your word, and, and that you would show yourself to us, God, because when you show yourself to us, we change, Father. We love you, and we thank you for this morning. We love you and pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Men. I, I love sports. Uh, I've been around sports my whole life. Uh, I, I'm a basketball coach here in town at Midland Christian. Uh, I, I love sports. Uh, one thing I like, though, I, that I've never got to experience, though, is the recruiting part of it. Um, in high school, you, you get what you get. Whoever shows up to your doorstep, that's who's going to be your team, and that's what you got to work with. Uh, in college and in the pros at the, at the pro level, these teams have people specifically to go out and to recruit. Okay, so uh, we've had some pretty talented basketball players run through our program here at Midland Christian uh, a couple years ago, specifically one of them. Uh, man, Division I basketball player still to this day. He's playing at Liberty University in Virginia, but I remember coaches coming to our practices, and I'm talking like Division I, Texas Tech, Chris Beard when he was at Texas Tech, uh, and, and then he turned to Satan and went to Texas. I don't know why, uh, but uh, he went there, but he came to our practices, him and a few coaches, and then uh, other coaches came, and they, they would sit in our practice for one purpose was to recruit. They wanted to get them, get him on their team so he could be a part of what they're doing and help accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. And we see this all throughout college sports where there, there are parents sitting with coaches, families sitting with coaches, where coaches are giving their best spills to this family, mainly mom, uh, uh, to say, hey, I'm going to take care of your baby and your baby's going to come be a star for me. And, and they just give their best spills. One of the best pictures that I think we can uh, remember, uh, you've probably seen the movie The Blind Side. It's one of my favorite movies, uh, The Blind Side. Uh, where this family uh, takes in this young man and this young man has a bright future in football and 
they show him the game of football, and he learns it, picks it up quickly. It's based on a true story. The guy actually played in the NFL. Uh, but he's got this little brother, and, and the coaches are coming in, and this little brother is like, I need you to, what can you do for me? Right? And he's like, can I run on the field with you guys? And every coach is promising, oh, you're going to run on the field. You're going to lead the team out. You get to do the coin toss, and they're, they're just giving their best spill. So what are they doing? They're running their mouth because, honestly, there's probably no weight to what they're carrying or what they're saying, most of it, right? They're just trying to say what's best to get that player to come and be a part of their program. And they're really, really good at it. I don't know if you know people who run their mouth, but typically they're really, really good at it. Now, you, they might not be uh, good in, in the sense that you're thinking, but typically they can navigate themselves through conversations. They can navigate themselves through arguments, and they're really good at it because they're really good at running their mouth. My, my, my question this morning, though, is how good are we running our mouth about the gospel and the good news of Jesus? The, the best, the greatest news Yet Christians, when it's time, we become mute. When it's time, we become, uh, we, we almost, in a sense, cower down. We get afraid. Oh, what are they going to say about me? What are they going to say? Maybe they'll ask me a question that I can't answer. You know, uh, it, it's funny. Being a pastor uh, is the only job where people can come and ask you a question and they want a, def, a, a definitive answer. Well, what is this going to happen when I, I love this book and I study this book, but I can't give you every definitive answer, you know. Uh, it's just impossible. And sometimes I think it's because we're scared as Christians to say, you know what, I don't know that, but here's what I do know. I've encountered the love of God in my life, and I used to be this person, and now I'm this person. I used to talk like this, and now I talk like this. I used to go do this on the weekends, but now I like spending the weekends with my family. But we have to open our mouth. Uh, if you've grown up in church, you probably heard the saying, uh, share the gospel with others and if necessary, use words. I think that is a truth, but it's not the full truth. Jesus went all, and what did he do? He proclaimed the gospel. You need your words. Your actions will just lead you to help use your words. Because when they see the way that you live, they're going to start asking questions. And that's when you need to run your mouth. You need to say, whoo, I've been waiting for this moment. I have been waiting for you to ask me about why I live this way. Come on, let, let's, let's go get lunch. Matter of fact, I'll buy you lunch. And you tell them about how Jesus changed your life forever. Because if you've truly encountered Jesus, there is no way that you can keep silent. There's no way. Because we run our mouth about a lot of things. AK, we, we, we run our fingers about a lot of things. But man, we should be running our mouth about the gospel because that's our squad. That's our team. That, that is what we're about. Our mission is to point real people to a real Jesus with a real love. That includes using our words, loving words. And that's what we do uh, as a squad. And so this morning, I, I want to look at uh, man, why, why do we need to run our mouth? Why should we? Uh, did Jesus, what, what, what is it that sh should cause us to run our mouth? I want to go back and look at the scripture. You can put it up there so that they can follow me along. And so the first thing it says that Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, 
I don't know about you and I, but yesterday was a perfect example for my wife and I. We were running through Midland. We were going to Walmart. We were going to Home Depot. We, we were just running through the city. And so you and I, uh, we live in a day and age that is a step ahead of Jesus because he had to walk everywhere and he was still going. You and I, we got cars, we have vehicles, we have bikes, we, we have all things for transportation. And so we don't have an excuse that, well, I don't, unless you're a homebody, any homebodies in here where like you just don't leave your house. See, nobody, everybody leaves their house, everybody. You go to work, you take your kids to school, you go to the grocery store, uh, maybe, maybe e even if you say, well, I do pickup. There's one person coming to your car, okay? Uh, we, we spend a lot of time going through our city, the city that we love, I hope you love. I love this place. Man, I, I truly love Midland. I never understand leaders in our community, uh, even pastors who, who talk badly about Midland because, um, man, if you're called a shepherd here, you should love this place. I love Midland. I love the people of Midland. I, I've shared with you before when I was leaving Dalhart, Texas, uh, almost eight years ago, people were like, why Midland? And I was like, do you know where we live? We live in the panhandle. You can watch your dog run away for three days. It's so flat. Like, I love Midland. I love it. And you and I, we spend a lot of time going in and through our city and through the Permian Basin. And so we should have an objective. We talked about this early on in the series. You have purpose. If you have breath, you have purpose. If you're not dead, God's not done. That means you need to carry the good news. You are a carrier of his presence and you are a carrier of the word of God. Back in the Old Testament, there was a thing called the Ark of the Covenant. And where the Ark of the Covenant was, people actually had to carry the Ark of the Covenant. And wherever the Ark of the Covenant went, that's where the presence of God went. So if you were at HEB, that's where the presence of God was. And because of Jesus and his death and, and him saying before it, he says, I'm going to send a helper. And he's going to be with you. And he's never going to leave you. And he's never going to forsake you. He's always going to be there. That means, guess what? The presence of God can be at HEB while it can be at the elementary school. The presence of God can be out in the middle of nowhere uh, uh, on, a, on a frat crew, or it can be in a restaurant here in Midland. The presence of God is everywhere with us. And if you were to wake up and think about that for a moment, man, today I'm a carrier of the presence of God. What, what kind of weight would that put on your shoulder? How, how would that lead you to live? It would lead you to talk differently. It would lead you to show up to work with a good attitude. Some of us have been showing up to work with bad attitudes. And I pray that you feel convicted this morning uh, uh, by God's grace, because guess what? There's, no, there's not going to be an open door to share the gospel if you're just a grumpy one at work, because guess what? And nobody going to want to talk to you, right? And, and so we need to show up with good attitudes, being thankful because that leaves doors open to share the gospel. It says that he was teaching in the synagogues. He was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. I think here's another thing we need to do. And, and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit, because I'm going to keep it real with you. Man, sometimes I get a little, uh, I, I get a little, I become a coward when it's time to pray. And I feel like there's time that we need to pray for people. And I've been, I've been trying to become better at when it's time to pray. I don't say, I'll be praying for you. I say, hey, can I pray for you right now? The other day I was sitting in an AT&T store and, and the lady began to share with me um, just some pro family problems that they were having. And, and immediately I felt the Spirit of God just say, you need to pray with her. And, and I was like, oh, and I just kept the conversation going. I was like, I don't know. AT&T was full of people. And I was like, what, well, what are they going to think? 
What is she going to, is she going to let me pray for her? I don't know. And so I just gently asked her, I said, hey, do, do you mind if I like pray with you right now? And she said, oh my gosh, that, that would be wonderful. That'd be wonderful. And right there, we, we, we slid the work aside and man, I just prayed. I didn't, I didn't yell like, God, come into this place at AT&T. I didn't do that. I said, God, would you just be with her and her family? Father, would you lead them by still waters? God, would you give them peace that would surpass their understanding? And I just gently prayed over their family. Man, you could just see that this, the Spirit of God just refreshed her. Not because of me, but because of what the Spirit of God can do in people's lives. But you and I have to be bold enough to yield to the Spirit of God when the Spirit of God speaks to you, because He does. And we need to say, you know what, I, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient, and I know this is going to probably feel awkward, and it might look weird. We might be in the middle of the aisle, but I would rather be obedient than care about what I look like. I would rather be bold than be a coward. I would rather share the good news with somebody than know that they walk away and their eternal destiny isn't for sure. The other day, Kinley and I were riding, and out of nowhere, she, she started asking me a question about uh, why we get, as a church, we're so uh, adamant about telling people about Jesus. Like, why do we need to tell people about Jesus? And I put it this way. I said, Kinley, what if one day, come on, God, I'm praying right now over my daughter. You're a doctor, <laughs> and, and you get the uh, healing to cancer. Like, you figure it out. Like, oh my gosh, I figured it out. This will heal cancer. But out of selflessness, you say, but I'm not going to share that with nobody. How many people could you save if you came up with the, the healing for cancer? I said, here's the thing, Kenley. You and I, we believe that Jesus, for what he, he did, what he died, and he rose again to pay the debt for our sins, that is the greatest news. That's better than, than cancer being uh, healed, even though we, we're still praying and we believe that. Heck, we've prayed for people here in this church. Uh, Teresa in the second row, she cancer-free. Uh, and I remember when elders, yeah, that's something to get excited about. I remember we pulled her up on stage at, our, at the school and we prayed for her. God, heal her. But Man, why is it that we're walking away with such good news and we won't open our mouth? Oh, but somebody says something about uh, uh, President Trump or somebody says something about Joe Biden. We're like, we're ready to go. We're like, oh, what, what, what'd you say? I'm ready to go for this, right? We, 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 we're good about talking about the donkey and the elephant. We need to be good at talking about the lamb of God because that's what's important. Can I be real honest? And I've said this over and over and over. God wasn't worried about no elephant, no donkey, because he said, I came to establish a new kingdom, a new kingdom. He wasn't worried about this kingdom. He was worried about the new kingdom. So whether, if you're into that, cool, but be more into the Lamb of God and sharing that on your Facebook, sharing that with your friends, letting that flow from your mouth and also pray man we, we need to be praying for people like i said he was out there healing uh th th this morning we have people in here uh let's the lord the holy spirit's convicting me right now we have a man and his knee's been hurt and he had surgery and, and i have yet to pray for him i have yet to pray for him and, and i apologize for that and i'm going to pray after service because we believe in prayer 
We believe that it works. We believe that even though the doctor's telling him that he may never get to 100%, I believe that I have a healer who can put him at 100%. But is it, man, am I going to be obedient and yield to the Spirit of God? Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus was out talking to people, telling them the good news, and he was laying hands and praying, on, praying for people. It goes on and says this, when he saw the crowds, he had, we've gone over this word over and over at Real Church. I've told you, if you go read the Gospels, the number one word, the number one attribute you're going to see about Jesus is his compassion. The Bible just told us in that verse that when he saw the crowds, the first thing that he felt was compassion. I don't know about you, uh, but that's not the first thing I feel sometimes when I walk into places. The other day we walked into Walmart. Oh boy. I was like, this place is sketch. I don't know about this place. Let's go back to Target, babe. <laughs> but it, it's because I felt like it, it wasn't because of me ju being ju uh, judgmental. It wasn't because of me seeing in the natural. I really felt like something disrupted my spirit when I walked into Walmart. Something disrupted my spirit. And, and that's what we have to be. Uh, so we have to listen to the Holy Spirit. We, we have to discern what the Spirit of God is telling us. And that's just, some of you are like, man, well, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's me. Sometimes I think it's my thoughts. And, and let me tell you, it takes just like anything else. It takes practice listening to the Spirit of God. I, it just reminded me because I, I love that we're growing, but I also love that I know a lot of you. Uh, and I'm going to share this story. I wasn't planning on it. Um, but my brother-in-law, the other day he called me. He's like, hey, what size TVs were you thinking about getting for the kids? And, and, and he was honest. He sent me a message, and he would tell you, man, he didn't really, church has never really been this thing, and, and my sister and him got married, and he's been coming uh, ever since, and a faithful member here at Real Church, thankful that he's here. He's the, he's the cowboy in here. <laughs> and, and, and he called me, and he's like, okay, okay. And I, and I hung up the phone, and I, and I told, I was in the backyard with my nephew. We were getting something ready, and I said, the Spirit of God is talking to him. And he came and he called me. He's like, hey, why don't you come up front? And he pulled up in his truck and he had all the TVs for the kids' classrooms in the back of his truck. And yeah, that soup. And I know he doesn't want you to come, you know, but he was like, man, there was just something. I couldn't walk away. Like, I needed to buy the TVs. And I went in to my wife and I said, the Spirit of God is talking to him. It's, and, he, and he listened. And he listened. That, that's, he listened. And right now our kids are being discipled and they're learning their lesson on those TVs right now. Kids are going to give their life to Jesus because of that. Can, can you see the eternal impact when we listen to the Spirit of God? And, and so I felt like my spirit was disrupted when I stepped onto the Walmart, uh, faci the, the, their facilities. And I was like, man, this place, is, there's, got, there's some evil here. And... and Man, I pray that you and I would just be a church who would yield to the Spirit of God when you walk into a place. The Bible says that we're a light, and when we walk into darkness, light wins every single time. Every single time. You work in a dark place, light wins. You have family members that when you go to their house, it's dark, light wins. It wins every time. So we need to be proclaiming 
the good news. We need to be talking to people. We need to be running our mouth, telling them about Jesus, sharing your testimony. Revelation tells us that we, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So when we put the, the, the good news of Jesus and we connect it with the, our story and we have tell them that but God moment. What's a but God moment? You talk about, man, this is who I used to be, but God. And he changed me forever. <clears throat> we need to be praying. And then he, he says this at the end, because they were harassed and helpless. Can you, can you picture, just picture your family for a moment. Because I think we all, if we're honest, we have family, uh, family members. Holidays are coming up and you're going to spend time with family members, ones you like and ones you, you don't like. You're going to sit with families, members who are saved and who are not saved. That's the honest truth. Just because you and I live in Midland, Texas, in the Bible Belt in Texas, not everybody believes. Not everybody has hope. Not everybody places their faith in Jesus. And so you and I cannot assume. We just have to discern. We don't have to be judgmental. We have to discern. When you're speaking to this person, man, ask the Spirit of God, God, does this person have hope? Because we have family members, we have friends, we have coworkers who are helpless. They're walking through life helpless. And though they walk in and they, they, they seem okay and they put a smile on their, face, on their face, on the inside they're screaming and they're saying, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm about to give up. I can't live this life anymore. We have people like that screaming on the inside every day. There's some of you in this room this morning that, that, that's your spirit. Your spirit is screaming because you have so much anxiety. You have so much fear. You, you, you have so many demons that you're wrestling with that you just don't know how you're going to tackle tomorrow. And I'm here today to remind you that light wins. Jesus can rid you of all of that. And we have the news to go and help the helpless. We have the news to help the helpless. Sometimes that may, that may be buying somebody's lunch. Sometimes that may be providing a meal for somebody. We're going to do it for in our Operation Turkey. Sometimes that may be giving somebody a ride. Sometimes that may be having somebody come into our house. And I know in today's day and age, that's a little scary. I remember when I first moved to Midland, there was a young man sleeping in the park and I just felt like I needed to invite him. Like, where are you living? He's like, man, I, live, I, I sleep in that tunnel over there. I said, nah, not anymore. And he came and, and he stayed with me. And people were like, are you crazy? Now, I was single at the time. I might do a little more in-depth talk now that I have a family and children. And he came and he crashed on my couch. And, and he was so thankful. And I was able to bring him to church. He started coming to church. Gave his life to the Lord. And then I was like, all right, dude, it's time to get a job because rent is due next month. And, and, and so, man, we have to be the kind of people that discern that, though, because there are helpless people all around us every single day. Are we getting this today? We need to open our mouth. We need to run our mouth. We need to pray for people because they're helpless. And then he wraps this up. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are 
view. We live in a city uh, of over 200, 150,000 people. You connect us and Odessa, that's 300,000 people. You you talk about the surrounding cities because some of you work in them. We're talking 400,000 people. Now, though many of them would tell you that they're a Christian, I, I, I would dare to believe that many of them are not. Many of them do not worship the Jesus of the Bible. I don't say that to be rude, but I say that because uh, I believe that you and I must quit assuming that they're following Jesus. And we just have to be bold and share our faith. Because guess what? Jesus just told us, hey, there's plenty of people out there that need help. There's plenty of people out there that need a hope. There's plenty of people out there that have no faith. Or maybe their faith is just in the wrong thing. And you and I, we, we, the, the, the laborers are few. Look at this. L- look at our church. We're, we're not a very big church, but every Sunday we're seeing new families come in. And, and every Sunday um, people are hearing the good news of Jesus. But if just th- this room, if we're going to make a difference, we have to go out and we have to proclaim. We have to go out and we have to run our mouth. Because there's not very many of us compared to 300,000. And thank God there's other churches who are also trying to walk alongside of us to proclaim the gospel. Because I don't know if you've walked around Midland. I don't know if you go to Walmart today. There's helpless people. And you and I have the good news. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers in his harvest. Caleb, you can come up. My prayer a year and a half ago when my wife came into the garage and said, if, if it's time to plant, we need to plant. We, we, we need to start a church. I said, all right, God, I need you to send some people. Because me and my wife, we're, we're, we're only four hands, four feet, 11 toes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't judge her. I'm, she's got 10 toes. She's got 10. <laughs> I said, God, we need people who are ready to labor with us. Can I be honest? This year and a half has been one of the most just work, hardworking seasons of my life. But I know it's also the most rewarding because when I see you, when I see God working in your family, when I hear stories of people overcoming struggles, uh, I hear fam- uh, marriages being uh, healed. I see children giving their life to Jesus. He reminds me like, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. And so I said, God, I need, I need, we, we, we need help. We need help. We need help. He sent four families and they said, we'll help. Whatever you need, we're here. And they were the first families of real church. Man, they're, 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 they're slapping money on the table. I was like, we don't have a bank account. Hold on to that until we got a bank account. They're ready to give. They said, all right, where do I need to serve? Well, we're only meeting in front of a camera. You can, <laughs> you can get out of the camera's way. Well, what if we did church at my house? Yeah, let's do it at your house. And those five families began to pray, God, we give us a building send us people we started meeting in the church and people started coming God send us people who are ready to serve and people started signing up to say hey I'll teach hey I'll I'll greet at the door hey I'll do this I'll run a camera I'll run a computer 
I'll play the keyboard. And we just had all these people just saying, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to labor with you. And so this morning, I'm going to be bold. We, We have a volunteer meeting right after this. If you serve, I expect you here. If you want to serve here at Real Church, man, join us. We're going to have some of the best Domino's pizza you've ever had. Because guess what? We labor for a lot of things that aren't important. But there's people who are ready to walk through these doors here at Real Church. And we need people ready to labor. And then when we're done here in our huddle and, and we're done with our meeting today, we need people who are ready to walk out those doors to go labor. Because it doesn't stop in this building. I need people who are ready to go to their workplace tomorrow and be the brightest light that they can be. I want you to think yourself as a kid and say, I'm going to let my light shine, you know. Because I'm going to have the brightest light. I'm going to have the biggest smile. Well, Pastor Carlos, that's not my, really, my, my personality. Okay, but are you approachable? Because if you're not approachable, people can't talk to you. And if you can't talk to you, they can't, you can't run your mouth about the gospel. Real church, we need laborers because there are people in our city who are helpless and they're turning to drugs, they're turning to alcohol, they're turning to porn, they're turning to, to other people, they're turning to money, they're turning to work. And you and I have the greatest news lying on the tip of our tongue and we're not sharing it. And this Wednesday, we talked about, you know what? It's going to inconvenient you. And I went around, and and in that room, we're in the nursery. There's like 15 of us in there. And I said, when's the last time you were inconvenienced and you helped somebody? Let's keep it real. Not one person could say. I think there was like two of us, and both of us are the pastors of this church. And, And I was like, you know what? I hope you feel convicted. Because if you and I call ourselves Christians, we're going to be inconvenienced. And we're going to have to stop and we're going to have to help. We're going to have to talk. We're going to have to listen. Honestly, that's one of the better things we could do as Christians. We need to become the best listeners. Because there's people who are helpless and they just want to be heard. Because when you listen, then you can respond accordingly. Then you know how to connect with them through the gospel and through your story. I don't care who you are. I promise you I'll find a way to connect with you. I will find it. I will find that pain point. And I'm going to connect with you because I care. And I want to know, can we have a church that actually cares? Can we be a squad that goes out and loves people? Pastor Carlos, you've been saying that every week because we need to do it and it's vital, it's important. I hope you go to sleep thinking, who am I going to point to Jesus tomorrow? I hope holidays are coming up and you're praying, God, who am I going to speak to in my family about Jesus? This is the greatest news. This is the greatest news. This is the greatest news. And for some of you this morning, you don't believe this news. You don't believe that Jesus paid for your sins. You don't believe that he, he can, his love covers your screw-ups this week. And that's why you can't love people because you can't accept the idea that you're loved. You're loved. You are a child. 
and he wants to hear you. You need to open your mouth to him. You need to cry out to him. Because when you open up your mouth to God, you're going to be able to open your mouth up to people. And some of us aren't opening our mouth up to people because we're not even opening up our mouth to God himself. So this morning, here's what I want to encourage you with. Run your mouth. If anybody, uh, if, if no, for all my talkers in the room who are always told to be quiet, today you have permission to run your mouth. If you've been cowarding away from somebody at work that you know needs good news, go run your mouth. Go run your mouth. And then I'm going to ask you to do something. Pray. You pray. And you pray like you've never prayed before. And you, and it, again, doesn't have to, you can pray with them, you can pray without them, but you pray and you ask the Spirit of God to do something in them. The Bible says that Jesus is the one who draws men unto him. So it's more powerful than what you say or even do. So if you're doing all those things, but you're not asking the Spirit of God to partner with you, you're doing it on your own means and your own strength, your own knowledge, your own wisdom. And God's ways are higher than our ways. His ways are better than our ways. And, and, and so here, here's my prayer. God, I, I believe God's going to raise up new laborers today. I believe some of you are ready to walk out of this door today, and you're just going to slip out. And I pray that you're, you're ready to stay because you're ready to labor. There's a place for everyone to labor in this place. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If this is the church that you want to drink a cup of coffee, listen to music and listen to a talk, we're not it. You might want to go find another church. I love you, but we're probably not your cup of tea because here we get down in the dirt with people. We meet people where they're at and we love them and we love them well. Why? Because Jesus did it for me. He did it for me. If there's no other reason that you labor with me, let it be this, that he did it for you. He did it for you. He paid the price. He covered your sin and he forgave it forever and ever. And for that reason, we will make an impact in our city. Father, I thank you.